Yeah. And you always use the articulator. That makes this whole art, this whole exercise, this ganz Aufgabe, Aufgabe yeah. is adjective declination ohne article. Ohne. 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 No, 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 honey. Oh, oh, oh. That sounds so wrong. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Ohne. Ohne. Again. Oh. Den. No, no, no. Now we are at ohne. Oh. Uh. No. <coughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, say, oh. Oh. Yeah. Owner. Owner. <laughs> like, as soon as you say the word, it sounds wrong again. <laughs> you can get, you get the O, but then as soon as you say owner, it's like, you say like, oh, and then you say, no. <laughs> but it's O and Ohne. 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 Okay. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Total Global. My name is Estin. And my name is Friedi. Hello. Hello. Today we're going to be talking about uh, immigration in Germany. That's why the episode is called Gedeutscht. That is a... Word. Word. A <laughs> verb. <laughs> A verb, right? It's first of all, it's a word. It's a word, but a, it's a verb word. <laughs> it means becoming. It's like Germanicized. Yeah. It's like becoming German. Ge yeah. Gedeutscht. Yeah. Which is what I'm doing when I learn this beautiful language. Probably am schönsten in der ganzen Welt. And yeah. yeah, today this is our episode because it's um, right now very um, actual to us or a very current topic mm -hmm. um since we have an appointment next week in the so-called ausländerbehörde the immigration office and we are all very already very nervous to be honest with you guys yeah we are very nervous we have a large file with about 75 pages of documents um all very personal all of my official um education documents the the original copies and then we have certified copies that we had to go to like a city hall to get certified and that involves i don't even know what that involves to be honest they put like a sheet on the front that says what it is in German. So like diploma from uh, such and such university. And everything is correct, basically. Yeah, and everything is correct. And then they fold over the the one of the corners of the papers. Mm -hmm. So they like they staple it, they fold over the corner, staple it, right? Yeah, they staple it. And then and then they stamp on top of the folded corner yeah. on the reverse side. And that's, that's certification here in Germany. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it always looks like that. And it's very interesting because um, going th through this process, we realized that this concept does not exist in the US. And for me, that was the most normal thing ever. So um, we had like two or three talks kind of starting to fight. Like it was more discussion and then... Until we really finally realized that it's just a totally foreign concept for Eston. And I was always like, yeah, but, you know, like, the thing is, we knew, like, all the, we had a list of all documents we will need. So there was a certified copy of the university. And I never questioned that because for me, that was so obvious. 
So we only found out like last week um, by accident that we don't have a certified copy because Aston doesn't have that. Yeah, so, because I thought that all, I mean, in the States, when you have a copy of something from a from an institution, it's it's already sort of certified. I mean, you don't need to, I mean, maybe you need to go to a notary and get it notarized, but that we wouldn't, that, see, that's a different word already. Mm-hmm. So this just said certified copy. So I just assumed I had that already. I didn't know about this folded corner <laughs> blutzen uh, with a... <laughs> with a stamp on the folded corner and so yeah and i had to really express to Friedi that that's a completely foreign concept to me she may as well have been saying i need a bloopity blop and i would have been like okay like what is a bloopity blop i have no idea <laughs> what that means and so it really was a a learning curve just to get the correct documents mm-hmm. there was and that's what's crazy is and it? there was really a lot of work i'm sorry i interrupted no you, no no you can, yeah. there was really a lot of work to be honest like for weeks i think we started preparing this appointment next week i think we started preparing that couple definitely a couple of weeks rather months ago um yeah so for every one of you who's going or wants to go through this process to move to Germany or Berlin even, um, you need, you will find a list online with a lot of different documents you need. And uh, maybe we tell for which visa we're applying or you're applying. Yeah, I'm going to do, it's not a visa. That's a residency, I'm visas, sorry. Visas are only for travel and have already arrived here. Um, I'm getting a residence permit for job seeking. Exactly. So and that's for yeah. six months. Yeah. And I joke that I I call it a wife-seeking <laughs> residence <laughs> permit <laughs> because I'm we are more or less just getting this to make the marriage process easier. easier. I mean... And it yeah. will give us some time. Yeah. Yeah. But we more like right after we get this, we will apply to the city hall to start to get uh, permission to get married. Yeah. So there, it's all very connected. Mm-hmm. Um, for us for us it definitely is if you generally want to come to germany i think it's a it's a good idea to get this job seeking visa it's for six months we cannot tell you how easy it is to get it because we haven't gone through it so not finally you know so we haven't been actually to the ausländerbehörde so um next week we can tell you more um and we can tell you if it worked out but right now we don't know yet mm. so um I think we are both quite scared because sometimes you hear like really horror stories about it and um, it's like all dependent on this one person sitting in front of you there and deciding about your future and um, that what makes us pretty, yeah, pretty nervous. So, um, yeah, yeah, we're very nervous and we've gone over our stories, what what, what we can and can't say. Uh yeah, I mean, it's really crazy. And all these doc, all these papers that we have, I have to prove I have a certain amount of money. Um, and health insurance. Health insurance. So right now I even have two health insurances because the one I had before was, was not good enough. So, yeah, I, you know, it's a crazy amount. I mean, they warn you, other, other international people, other immigrants, they warn you about the German bureaucracy. But I think only you really have to go through it. To unrealize how much it is. 
Um, but there's a strong chance that we just bring all these documents and then they uh, just approve us for everything and they don't even ask us questions. But yeah, that may also not be the case. We you may... just never know. Yeah. You know? So that's our sort of personal story. But I'd like to maybe do you have any general numbers about Germany and immigration in general? So we can talk. I mean, I know I'm not alone in this process. Yeah, not... I actually do. Yeah. 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 Okay. So um, maybe I start with um, generally in Germany in these are numbers for 2019. So in Germany in 2019, there were um, living 11.2 million foreigners. One question before that, is foreigners a word you can say? Like in German, you say Ausländer, but that's not very nice to say. So is foreigner an okay word? Is it a neutral it word? It, uh, it depends on the connotation and the context. I mean, okay. it, I mean, if you're talking about like, I, I, yeah, generally I get what you mean. People from outside of germany yeah so there were registered 11.2 million in germany in 2019 and is that is that including eu well that's would that would have been my next point okay 43 percent percent of these registered foreigners are eu citizens so nearly half of it and the top three countries here are poland romania and italy and uh, non-EU states, so 43%, so that means 57% are non-EU citizens. And there is the top one is Turkey, second is Syria, and the third is Afghanistan. If it comes to Americans in Germany, in 2019, it was a total of 121, 6,400, no, six. 1,040, <laughs> no, wait. Just say 100. 121,645 total. Not 644. <laughs> no. I read somewhere it was 644. No. <laughs> <laughs> the average duration of the stay of Americans in Germany was 16.9 years. That's an interesting number, wow. I think. And um, I also checked for your age group and your sex. So... Uh, in the age group of 20 to 45, which is a pretty large group, I think, it was 51,815. Oh, Americans. Yeah, male Americans oh. in Germany. And average age was 44.6. Oh, wow. And that means that 1.1% of all foreigners in Germany are male US citizens. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. 1.1 of 100%. It's a boys club. Uh, <laughs> no, they're also, I think it's pretty much the same with, with females, to yeah. be honest. And uh, when it comes to Berlin, it's actually so Berlin has a total po- population of 3,669,491 people. And Oh, sorry. What was <laughs> I didn't, so it's when about, you it's, <laughs> I just stopped it's listening. It's about three... <laughs> It's about three hundred, three and a half million, a little bit more than three and a half million people in Berlin. I always thought it's four million. That's interesting. But with like people who are probably not registered, it's definitely four million. Yeah, like I, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the foreigners, uh, the we have a central register of foreigners in Germany and in Berlin. And in Berlin, it's 12,705, which makes 22.1% of all Berliners are, or of the population of Berlin, are um, from foreign countries. Non-Germans. Non-Germans. 
Okay. No, keine Kartoffeln. Keine, oh, maybe. No potatoes. Explain that. So, yeah. We call ourselves, you can also call us Almans. So, Alman is a, uh, they're like Alman memes 2.0 on Instagram. It's a really funny channel. You should definitely look at it. And Almans is like a word for Germans to make fun of Germans a little bit. For like real, crazy, traditional Germans. Mm. And then uh, you can also call us, um, or you can also call Germans Kartoffel, which is potato. Yeah. So these are like... Because uh, we eat so many. What are these, like parody, like self-parodies or jokes about yourself? I ironic or mm -hmm. what do you call these sort of... Th yeah, I think that works. Yeah. Uh, what? In German? Uh, I don't know. In English too. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what, a, what it's a classic... Maybe, maybe because the the title is gedeutscht, so you know I. Well, would be typically typically. Yeah, German. what what does a Kartoffel do or an Almond? A uh, Kartoffel, um, okay, depends a little bit. Like, do you, if you live in the suburbs, then you definitely wash your car so the day at seven in the morning, um, or you mow the grass, mow the grass. Yeah, cut the lawn. Cut the lawn. Um, then also, uh, you should definitely wear socks in sandals oh that's and a german thing. shorts then like a um caro uh like a button up which has like this pattern oh like plaid button up maybe yeah like yeah mm -hmm. plaid plaid button up shorts socks and sandals that's really german oh my gosh it's like all the worst qualities of white people yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. that works for germans very punctual and please complain about your neighbors Oh, oh, maybe you should say what your dad did the other day. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't. Yeah, no. that's so funny. Oh, no. No, I don't want to. My dad, my dad caught with a dog, like a guy who was hiding because he had drugs and the police were searching for him. And my dad, um, I don't know, found him. Found him. And then the dog started barking, right? And the police. <laughs> that's how the police found him. Yeah. <laughs> Oh I think God. the more funny thing is that my dad was, I think, quite proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I think that says a lot that he didn't feel bad. And when you say drugs, we're just it talking about it. It was weed. Well, yeah. Weed, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we got sent photos of these poor dudes talking to the cops <laughs> in the street with like, "Yes, I got them. I got them." <laughs> my dad is normally very, very kind and very, very loving, but um, he also is. Um, I think he would call himself a good citizen. Yeah, which is, I mean... Following the rules. For the most part, that's great. Very German as well. Following the rules. I also like to follow the rules. <laughs> <laughs> rules give me safety. I feel safe in rules. And I like to follow rules. And I also sometimes really don't understand why people don't follow rules. To be honest, I Essen and I had really discussions about that. I really don't understand the concept of not following the rules. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> well, and so we in the States, we have this phrase of rules are meant to be broken. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a, that's a big no on that. That's a... <laughs> also, this sentence like, Esten always says, um, do it first and ask for permission. Oh, no. It, rather ask for sorry than for permission. It's it's always better to ask for forgiveness than for permission. Yeah. And we definitely have the complete opposite in German. So we always ask for permission to not 
be sorry or ask for forgiveness forgiveness we always ask for permission yeah that is so it's such a weird concept for me even when you don't need to ask for permission even if it's like clearly written on the sign that you can do something freedy will still say i i think i go and ask i want to really make sure i know this sign says we can we can walk here and do this but i i need to get verification from somebody that i'm allowed to live my life how i want <laughs> and now it sounds like we're totally socialist or commun communist country um we are a little <laughs> compared to the u.s <laughs> and that's correct <laughs> yeah i mean especially with your dad or with i mean just also calling the police on on people for having a party i mean but I, my dad never did that yeah uh, yeah but uh, but but kartoffel in general yeah that's that's true that's what they do definitely call the police if it's loud after 10 p.m then yeah not in berlin though Berlin is normally pretty chill. Yeah, it depends on if you have nice people in your building, I guess. That's true, yeah. And But by nice people, I mean non-Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I mean, we can be quite nice. I mean, Germans can be quite nice, but you have to get to know them first. And we are not... Germans are not super open in the beginning. So yeah. it's more like, if you make friends with the Germans, you have definitely have them for your, your rest, for the rest of your life, your friends normally. Mm. But like making this friend is, takes, takes time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm very open and forward. And I think that throws a lot of, a lot of people off is because I'll immediately start talking about my personal life history and, and just trying to like, you know, open up and be friendly And a lot of people are like, whoa, all right, bro, let's talk about the weather, please. You know, and I'm like, okay, all right, I guess we're not friends. But so. we also had a very interesting discussion about invitations. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So I think that fits in this topic because um, when we talk about gedeutscht, you know, it's like when you want to make a party and You invite people. You need to expect the people you invite to come because you have invited them. And um, because we had the discussion about uh, it was Halloween and Esten wanted to make a small gathering and just uh, wanted to invite his whole German class. Which and, is like 15 people. And I was like, <gasps> Corona, you cannot do that. Yeah. But I figured that, I mean, in the States, you can basically stand up in front of a room and say, hey, everybody is invited to my house. And then you can expect that maybe 30%, maybe 40% come. Especially even when they say, yeah, sure, we're coming. Then you still expect them. That was so crazy for me that you still expect them to not come or that yeah. there's a chance like 50-50 that they show up. Yeah, like not. when I threw that small party with like five people here. But a long time ago, like five months ago or something, still in Corona time, but it was it was very small, just with my German class. And I invited another American and she said, yeah, maybe. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I, I think so. And then the night of, so I was like, no, I just want a chill night at home. You know, so it's like totally. And I, I knew that when she said that, that there was a really high chance that she wasn't coming. Like, yeah, and it would really throw people off here. So if you say, yeah, sure, sounds great. You really have to come. Yeah. You really have to go. Like that's, it's really rude to not. And we have this other. And so I think with the teaching moment was when I explained that in the States, we have this second level of inv invitation with RSVP. Mm. And that means that you must say yes or no i am coming or i'm not coming mm -hmm. and so when you invite somebody and then you put like please rsvp 
by this date you know with this phone number or something mm-hmm. like tell me if you're coming that that's a so that's like a very formal invitation when yeah. you have that but in germany all invitations are are formal like that yeah yeah like it's really or when you make like a whatsapp group and you say like hey you're you know like house party on this and this date then you can expect everyone to answer under it either if they if they come or not mm. so they would also say no i can't yeah you know and, and that was yeah. also a big discussion we had yeah is that you'd, i don't want to say no i have such a <coughs> yeah that i i don't want to say no that i have such a a fear of telling somebody that I, i'm not coming to their event or and i didn't invita- get that at all yeah when we were talking about it we really was like we were yeah we were in a group of people and for you said yeah and Aston has better things to do he Tonight. doesn't want to come and i was just like ah no no that's not true i want to come I, and, I was, I was- <laughs> and i was so confused i was like yeah but five minutes before you told me you don't want to come because you want to have a night for yourself so i just said that in the group with other germans i was like no i'm coming but Aston wants a night for himself and i totally got so nervous and and threw Freedy under the bus. I was like, she's talking nonsense. That doesn't make any sense. I definitely want to come. Uh, for sure, I'll be there. And then we walked away and I was like, I'm not going. No, I'm not going. I just can't. How could you say that? Esten was so mad at me. How could you say that? I wouldn't come. That's like, what What should they think of me? And I was like, eh, that's totally normal to want to have a night for yourself. Like, yeah. that's... Everything is, like, it's all good, you know, like, no problem here, no worries, Mm. but that was also a huge learning moment for both of us. Mm. Do you have any more numbers on immigration? Yeah, I do, I do. I have two more. Um, So, I thought, I found a very interesting numbers, Uh, numbers, (laughs) I found a very interesting number. Um, It's it's about naturalization in Germany. In 2019, there was, like, about 130,000. But what's so interesting about that is that it was 16,600 more or 15% more than the year before because of our good friends, the Britons. The British. The British. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The British. Because um, more and more British people are naturalized here in um here in germany because of brexit so since 2016 since the brexit referendum um it was like raised immediate like raised crazy the naturalizations of british people and yeah in 2019 it was like the highest number with 14 14, naturalizations only from britain and is that is this because they have to have like a german parent to do that right I am not completely sure. No, but back then they were still in the EU, so maybe that was easier then. Yeah, but they would have to have been living here for a long time. Uh, I don't think if you're if you're born and raised in Manchester and you're living there until 2016. Yeah. And then you just like move to Germany and naturalize. I don't that may be true. Yeah, I don't that think might that's be true. Possible. Yeah, and in 2018 there were um, 10.9 million people in general like uh, registered foreigners. And 266,000 were here to, um, or came to find a job. So what, do you know what percentage roughly that is? No, but it was 7% of them were from the USA. Oh, wow. So a lot of Americans come in here for work. Yeah. It's like actually the fourth place. 
Oh, for work visas yeah. or work residence yeah. permits. The, yeah, the highest is India, China, and then Bosnia, Herzegovina, mm -hmm. and then it's already the United States. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Coming here just for work. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Yeah, and I think when it comes to this immigration stuff, um, I am from the States, and it, it, as difficult as it may be with all this um, crazy certifications and the cultural stuff, and, you know, I have to recognize that the U.S. is a best friend country of Germany. And so the process is easier for me as a whole. And it is already difficult. So sorry for all these people outside there. Yeah, I mean, I get what Yeah, so for the, for the people who aren't like a best friend country or, I mean, I have blonde hair and white skin. And so most of the Germans just look at me like I'm a lost German and that I forgot. I got hit in the head and then I forgot I was German. So there's a lot of other people here, even even from Italy and Spain, who get asked, oh, what's your status here? Or the Ecuadorian woman in my German class, every time she meets a German, they ask her what her status is. I've, wow. never, be I've never been asked what my status is. Yeah. So there's a huge race yeah. element, yeah. which is why you bring up, like, is it okay to say Ausländer or foreigner? Or, you know, because, because you know that there's a huge racial element to a lot of these terms and there is in the states too um yeah but it's it, it, it but it's just it's really it's really interesting and so yeah i just want to recognize that yeah i do have it in general i do have it a lot easier than a lot of other people coming to this country especially when you talk about coming here for work like china and afghanistan or the top countries being syria i mean yeah I couldn't yeah, even or, I couldn't even imagine really, yeah. and I don't really I don't really plan on because I think I can't become naturalized without losing my American citizenship. That's correct, yeah. So I will never be naturalized here, yeah, yeah. unless America crumbles to the ground, which I mean, yeah, very but it's well. also I don't know. I mean, why would you? You know, is the only thing is that you could vote here. Yeah. But I also, like, my parents have friends, and he's from the U.S. as well, and he lives here for 35 years, and he is not naturalized. He yeah. still has his U.S. citizenship because he doesn't need the German one, yeah. you know? I think my vote weighs more in the U.S. anyway. I think it's more important, yeah. I mean, you guys follow the American elections, and I'll tell you that there's no election night Germany going on on American television. Yeah. <laughs> we really had a election night in German TV. It was like an election party. That was crazy. But that was the first year we had that, too. Yeah, well, it was a big year. But it is a big thing always when the U.S., when there are U.S. elections mm -hmm. in Germany. That's a big thing. But it's also, like, the U.S. is the only country, not even other European countries, we have it like that. Mm -hmm. It's really only the U.S. There you can really see how important it is Yeah, and to us. Every, I mean, not even just the Germans, but so many Europeans are so, I mean so interested in in american politics i'm constantly being asked to translate what's going on on the news anyway that's sort of a different topic but and germans yeah. love to talk about politics i think that's also important mm. to know i had i just gave an intercultural competences workshop and uh, there was one task about um like a critical incident with a u.s student in germany and like And I remember that when you visited me in Italy, in Rome, when I when I lived there in my with my flatmates, and they all asked you all the time about U.S. politics, mm -hmm. and you felt so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And then I told them after a while, like, could you please stop? Like, he is more, Esten is more than only U.S. politics, you know? Mm -hmm. You can also ask him about his life or, like, 
what he likes to do and is not only US politics. Please stop that. And Germans, I think, sometimes don't really realize how much we do that because politics is so... Talking about politics is like such a normal small talk topic, mm. especially US politics, because it normally doesn't impact, you impact us so yeah. much. So, But it, it still impacts us or is very interesting for us because it's so foreign to us because we think it's really weird with this two-party system and everything. So when there's a, U, a US citizen and an American, we're like, ah, you know, yeah. tell us everything. Yeah, and, and, and for a long time, yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, I guess pre-corona, It was not uncommon for me to be sitting, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I, I didn't really like this that much, but I would be sitting and there'd be like five or six people just listening, asking me questions, listening to me talk. And I mean, very hard questions with with gun rights and abortion and all these issues that Germans just can't understand why we have conservative Christian people and then... And for me, I you know, I studied this, so it gets into like the history of America and how we're founded on like Calvinist Puritanism, and we have a lot of like crazy—I mean, not crazy, but a lot of fanatical Christians—and and how it's like Christianism, you know, it's like a political Christian Christianity. Anyway, yeah, it gets really—it's uh, hard to explain a lot of these things, and and sometimes Germans just want, or Europeans in general, just want a very simple answer. Like, ah, oh, yeah, it's just—it's just this. It's just like this and this, but it's like it's so complicated. And I think it's not so much about the simple answer in general. It's more about this view from the inside. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's really nice with other... So when getting back to like the gedeutscht thing, like it's really nice when I meet other international people and they don't really even ask where I'm from and they don't ask about American politics and they, we only talk about Berlin and we make fun of German people. And so I think that, that I'm really much more comfortable hanging out with other international people who aren't German um, I really do have a hard time connecting with most German, especially the men. I have a really hard time connecting with German men um, in general. Why is that so? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I try. I'm just, I'm my same person. It's not like I change my behavior. I think that I'm very different and they already have their friends and maybe different standards of masculinity that I, I don't understand the man box here, so I don't fit into it. I understand the American man box with being tough and loud and having a gun on your hip and but here it's like tight pants and a tiny black hat so i don't really i have a different level i think that's it different standards for masculinity yeah but yeah. that's maybe just, and it's yeah. really yeah sometimes it's difficult to to especially bond like to bond with germans i think is generally difficult because we're not super open And I think men tend, or women tend to be more open than men in general mm. or here, you know? So men are even more... Just so cold. I mean, not all of them. Not all of I them. I know, and you I have, also and I have friends, people. and I have friends that are men, but I just, a lot, more often than not, it's like a very short conversation. It's clear there's nothing here. Nice to meet you. Goodbye. And I think it's not, wait, but there I think it's not so much about there's nothing here. Goodbye. It's more about... Um, It's also very normal with men when they're like, it's also when they're like different friends of my, of my parents or, and then all the men are standing in a circle, drink beer and say nothing. Oh. You know, it's also very normal to just be quiet together. 
you don't have to talk all well, the time. Well, yeah, and so that's going back to like the standards of masculinity, and that, and in America, the men are almost competing with who could be the loudest. Yeah, yeah, and we don't have that yeah. at all. Yeah. So that's where it's it, very normal to just stand there and be silent, mm-hmm. or and then sometimes someone says something, but it's totally fine to not say something. So. And that we would call that an awkward moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's just. That's just German culture. It's one giant awkward moment. Thank you for listening to this episode of Total Global. Or... Thank you so much. Thanks again to Dave and Kerry. Oh yeah, thank you again. Um, yeah, feel free to check us out on our website at uh, anchor.fm/totalglobal, or you can email us at totalglobal at protonmail.com. Send us your questions or comments. We are very happy to answer them, or even you can record a message and we can play it here in our podcast. Yep. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thanks. Bye.